Great question. And I'll sum it up. It's pursuing your passion or passions, which is my problem. <laughs> I have more than one, right? But it's the idea that almost everything you're doing kind of aligns. It's like the Greg McGowan essentialism. It kind of all comes together to one path. And that's your passion. Welcome to your next big project is you. A podcast based around the theme of time. Time to be able to press pause on life. Time to reevaluate what's important. Time to reminisce about where you've come from, what you've learned, and what you've accomplished. Time to revisit your goals, dreams, and vision. And time to remember the people in your life. That's it, my friends. If you've got time, fasten your seatbelt and listen in as we discuss opportunities for the next five to 25 years of your life. And remember, your next big project is you. Welcome to our podcast. Your next big project is you. And I've got a special guest here today of almost have some similar roots in terms of where we grew up or where we hung out and things like this. Uh, Jennifer Goldman from Jennifer Goldman Consulting. Welcome to the podcast today. So much of a pleasure to have you here, my friend, and to hear your journey and your story. I know. You know I love talking with you, so it's always good to share. You know, that, that's the beauty of this. Um, when I was just reviewing after just knowing you for a few years now and, and looking at the, uh, by my standards, an amazing journey to success. When someone's got 30 years now under their belt, when you've worked with a thousand plus businesses uh, to thrive, as you say, I think that's a good spot to start in today in terms of what does it really mean to thrive to you? You work with people like me and a lot of other companies, bigger, smaller. Uh, I'm just one of those a thousand plus, but uh, what's it mean to thrive? So am I, so am I. I, you know, great question. And I'll sum it up. It's pursuing your passion or passions, which is my problem. <laughs> I have more than one, right? But it's the idea that almost everything you're doing kind of aligns. It's like the Greg McGowan essentialism. It kind of all comes together to one path and that's your passion. Well, you know, it's funny. I told you I've got a uh, a book I'm working on. Passion never sleeps, there and I, I think when you're I think when you're constantly thinking about uh, Jen helping people to really open up the zipper on their chest to to reach in and touch their heart and their soul the best way you can through your questions and your experiences. There's a way to getting to that magic, isn't there? Uh, you know, from a process perspective, to talk to people and listen. Yes. So I I wanted to talk. I wanted to find out more about that journey and the type of people you work with, and if there's any special moment of pride for some of your clients that you've been able to help to transform their businesses. Some of those ones that's, that are up on that pedestal of, of the client pride for you. So tell us a little bit about the journey, and then I'd love to hear about a couple of those uh, clients. You don't need to mention the names, but the types of companies they were and uh, the transformation that they were able to go through and to achieve new results. Yeah. Uh, the journey I talk less about, but it's what allows me to talk with owners with empathy and with understanding. So that's why it's important. I mean, and you know my roots, but Buffalo, New York girl <laughs> started working in businesses in my teens because you worked while you went to school and played sports. That was the deal. And um, just job after job or career path step after career path step, I kept redoing 
how they operated, their processes, what people were doing to rise them up to a higher level, use the brain power that they had and the passions that they had. And so I went from a bank to a, a broker dealer, to a wealth management firm, to a family office firm, to a venture capital. I mean, kept going and going. And then finally, um, in my early 30s, I'll date myself. <laughs> um, I had done it enough times in different types of businesses that I was like, this is, this is great and I love it. And it's time for me to do it on my own. And so flipping around, that's where I get the thousand plus businesses, um, just working with them, trying to help them rise up and out of the weeds. And I have fun stories. Listen, I've got bad stories too, right? Like not everything comes out roses, um, but the yeah. fun stories, um, you know, your, your owner that didn't own anything but the business and now owns a four-story building with staff that are just in love with the business and they have a great grand opening. And I'm standing there watching that grand opening and how people are you know, just celebrating. Right. And, um, and the, and the owner and owners now are like, just so proud, like, as I call it, proud papas. Um, or what about, you know, the company that never got to have a company outing that was fun, throwing axes, going to, I don't know, Dave and Buster's and really talking about their goals for the company. I mean, they've been in business for 15 years and never had the ability to pull everyone together and people to want that yeah. and to be able to not only do it, but afford it taking half the day off and going to doing these things is no cheap undertaking. Right. So, you know, those valuations that are higher than you expect and seeing in an acquisition, the mid-level manager rising to CEO at the same time. I mean, that just, that's the jet. That's, that's oh. what gives me the juice. Right? You, know, you know, I, I can feel it. I can see it in your face and your smile and your expressions and the way you tell the story. So the clients are wide ranging. There's no, deep and narrow focus. I, it feels like entrepreneurs or small businesses yep. that small need under to work 50, Yeah. Under, usually under a hundred employees, services, businesses. Um, I've just chosen not to get into the product world and that's perfectly fine. And, but yeah, they can be anywhere in the U S and they can, as long as they are engaged, right. They care about the customer experience and they care about their staff. I can work with that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've always talked about when people say, what does Jen do? And I said, she's all about looking you in the eyes and pulling out of you what you really want to do and to figure out how to get there. And, and to really, you know, in her own way and your experiences, the amalgamation of all of those a thousand companies where you've been able to systematize an approach to make sure I, you know, it's like the pursuit of uh, effectiveness and efficiency to me, effectiveness and you know, in my consulting days, you know, doing the right things and, and the efficiency is doing them well. Yeah. So I, it feels like a lot of that. Now, you mentioned uh, these five key areas that mm. is part of your transformational process. Let's talk about these. The first one you talk about embracing clarity. What does that mean? Uh, you want to crave clarity. Like I have so many businesses say I'm unclear. My staff are unclear about roles and responsibility. I'm unclear and clear and clear. My attitude is you got to crave it and you got to aim for it. And you got to make it a deliberate part of everything that you do. So when you are defining a part of the business or explaining a goal of business growth, you need to clarify. And the reason I say that is, listen, I've learned the hard way too. So don't, <laughs> this is not me being a hypocrite. When you have to clarify, it makes you deliberate about what you're saying and want to do. And it steers you clear of the shiny object syndrome. 
It, mm. There's just something about it. It may be a switch in the brain. I don't know what that is. But embracing clarity is writing it down, visualizing it, and holding yourself to the fire. But really what it's about is just keeping you on the path. And, well, um, you know. It, it, it sounds like you better trademark something. I just. <laughs> no, the T, the TOS. Let somebody the else do it. The TOS. The tiny. <laughs> what is that? The tiny. That's your say there? The, the syndrome. What is what is that? I don't, I don't know. The SOS though. That was a good one. I can't trademark that though. The tiny, the tiny object syndrome. I love that. Tiny object. Just that's the right. thing that we just can probably get myopic, right? Things that just that's right. Where we, where we lose concentration, we lose focus, that's right. and it takes us off on these paths that are following our passion. That's uh, right. The pathway there to, to passion. It's another way to look at that. Well, cool. I, I love that concept there. What about easing learning? You talk about that as a Second step. Yeah, that is just a lot of science thrown into those words. Um, people learn in different ways. They learn auditorily, right? They learn visually. They learn kinesthetically. There are so many ways that people learn. The, hence why the younger generation is on the YouTube, right? And they're <laughs> learning that is more visual than it is auditory. So I think sometimes we think that the way others learn is the way we learn and we forget and yeah. I know it's hard in a smaller environment, whether it's your team or you're running a business, it doesn't matter. You have to be cognizant of the different ways of learning. So the first thing to ease the learning is just to learn the learning. How do people learn? Just a simple mm. VARC assessment or something, right? And then give it to them in that manner. So that's why like even social media, you might see a short couple words, an image or a video because it captures all three ways. Wow. Cool. I love that. It's it's a way of adapting ways of leading, managing, coaching around ways that, you know, people are going to receive it properly in a way that you can get a nod to say, I get it. I understand. Uh, in reaching those different points of how they learn. Makes That's a lot right. of sense. And then adopting, right? I mean, we're not teaching just to teach the theory. We're teaching so people adopt, whether it's a habit, some piece of knowledge. So if we ease the learning on the person, some might say reduce the friction. You're going to get higher adoption, faster success. Yeah. What about engaging staff? That seems self-explanatory, yeah. but it's probably much deeper than what I'm thinking about right of now. Of course it is. No, it's not. It's, it's as deep as you want it to go. So a uh, couple ways. Engaging staff, right? We know the typical. Take the breaks during the day. Take them on outings. Get them out. <laughs> I was joking when I wrote some throwing axes. Whatever that is. Engaging staff really means also in the office, let them define their goals, let them define their job description, their career paths, the compensation they want, how their personal and their business goals interact. I don't care if I'm working with a biotech company or an automotive, sir. It doesn't matter what business. The, the Each person has a general sense of why they're there working and what that means for their personal life. We forget to engage them to let them write what they want to get out of the position and their career and what that means for their personal. So let them do that. And that's the mm. highest engagement you can possibly have. It's different than that old 9-1 style of management that I grew up on, where <laughs> yes, you're going to yes. do this. Here's your job description. Here's what you need to do. That's right. These are your hours. That's I right. expect you to do this. Got any issues, any questions, there's the door. That's right. right. That's, and by that's the way, what it was like many, my many purpose, years ago. Yeah, my purpose is your purpose. This is not Jack Welch style. This is now. It's not yeah. that way. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. The next word you use, um, I was talking to one of my creativity 
partners today around something I'm working on. And he said, this is energizing me, Leo. And, and your, your fourth step here is about energizing uh, growth as you talk about this. So we start with clarity, clarity to learning, to engaging. Now we're energizing folks. Uh, talk to me more about that, please. So some might think this is hokey pokey, but I'm going to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> when I work with businesses and they have clarity around the pieces of the business and people are adopting new effective habits, and the staff are engaged, what do you think happens to the energy level of the business? It hums to a whole new level. And so then we get into, well, how do you grow? And we always talk, well, you could acquire, you could uh, bring on a team, you could sell, you know, business development, you could do marketing. I want to talk about energizing growth just by humming at a higher level. That higher yeah. frequency of energy, which is positive, makes it into the customer interactions. They become wow. raving fans. What do raving fans do? Talk about you in a positive way, which brings in business. So before you even get to the idea of ramping up your sales and marketing, remember that you have this wonderful win called positive energy and let's let it out there. Get out in the community, get out in front of the customers and let it, and let it kick up your growth, which it does. I've seen it. I can't uh, predict it, except to more to say then you are on your path. You've made a pivot. I can feel it. It's going to happen. And it does. It just does. Cool. Cool. Boy, you know, you need to be a little bit more passionate about you, what you're doing. <laughs> I know. You got to raise the volume. You got to raise the volume a little bit here. I mean, you're a compelling story here uh, to do this. No, who, um, this is powerful. What you're talking about, Jen, and everybody needs this type of coaching. And everybody gets it in varying capacities. I don't care if you're a big company, mid-sized company, small company. And I know you fill a, a niche with your area of specialization. So this is pretty cool. Uh, this last one on eliminating time wasters. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I should take my journal out here because I, I probably could share about 100 things with you as well in this area. But what are some of the ones that seem to pop up more often than not? I'll tell a story. And this is a story I've been telling for 17 years <laughs> in different shapes and forms. This story is just yesterday. So I think we think that, and you're going to laugh, scheduling calls and doing it manually is the way to do it. And I think we've forgotten that people are okay with picking the day and time they want to talk with you. So this is one tiny little time waster, by the way, that I'm just going to I'm going to make it big for a sec. I always talk about appointment scheduling tools and people think, oh, that's just a piece of tech. It's tiny. It actually lets you block your time. And I don't know about you, but as a leader in a team or an entrepreneur, we complain about not enough time, aka then not enough energy. So when I talk about eliminating time wasters, I'm talking about these little things that have a huge impact and difference on your time and your day. And there's a zillion of them. That's just like one idea that just changes your world. And by the way, changes the consumer trying to reach out to you, changes the provider or the vendor or the whatever it is, because you've made it easy on them too. So yeah. that's eliminating time wasters. We could spend all day and night on it, but. Isn't it interesting how it comes down to the simplicity of life and, and decisions that for some reason we fight 
you know, you always say simple is not easy. No. A lot of people, right? And when you master things like this, and we fight things in terms of this. In our pro, one of our programs, um, we talk about if you had an extra hour a day, how would you use it? Right. It's 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 is interesting. It's crazy, but yet. The other day, I had a call with a major international firm that's looking to outsource some work, okay? And the first thing he said, we had literally not even 30 minutes to talk. We were both crunched on both ends. And he said, I just got to spend a couple minutes telling you how great of an experience it was to book a call with you. And I'm thinking, are you? This is a massive, I can't even say with a massive firm. It is the simple things. It's the little things. I don't know why we continue to struggle with time wasters, AK friction, but sometimes just you got to pick one and just run for it. You know, do it. And, wow. Yeah. yeah. How, how the heck do you manage all of the clients you have? And then knowing you as a devoted wife, a loving mom, um, phenomenal business owner, uh, philanthropic part of your heart. You know, you're always, you're busier than heck. If anybody needs those electronic uh, sources for managing your time and you're one that doesn't waste any time from, from spending time with you, how do you keep, how do you stay balanced with everything going on in your life? I don't. I have, let's see, a coach. I have a peer team. Um, I have business friends that compete with me with that talk with us. We talk with each other. It's the same as, as you do, right? You have this circle of trust group of people. You yep. have, I always joke, I have an understanding family, right? They know my passions because I lead with passion. <laughs> so, you know, they understand that it's not maybe just, you know, crazy. Um, and no, I have my moments. Listen, I'm not a complete success. I've had my moments that I can come back to the table to business or say, listen, I've been through that. I've been through the bad hires. And the bad off hires, right? I've been through growing too fast and then growing too slow, spending too much on one thing and not spending enough on another. I mean, thank you for flattering me, but you know, I'm perfect not being perfect. <laughs> I think that's part of it, right? Well, it's interesting. I think it's it's good for listeners to hear here's someone that's got proven expertise in helping others to get their act together, to find their passion, develop an organization to achieve unbelievable, extraordinary results and changes in their life, but yet you embrace coaching for yourself That's right. uh, as someone who is a coach to others for your occupation. Absolutely. Your core competency is coaching. Your core competency is passion in, in the old. Someone told me once uh, for he or she to enkindle another, he or she must glow. And your glow and your smile just comes across every time I pick up the phone, whether I see you or don't see you, you can feel it. So I'm curious, as you know, some of my newest work is, is really getting in and working with a lot of successful folks who've achieved a lot. People like you have a lot, a lot of blessings in their life, a lot of things that uh, you've been able through hard work and in a pursuit of excellence in your practice of helping people. You've earned it uh, to do this, but they, they're, they're telling me they want to be around like-minded people to mm -hmm. learn and to talk about people's journeys. And are they living a life with significance? Do they have regrets? What does abundance mean to them? You know, how they use their time, their talent, their treasure. You're, you're involved in that. You know, having gratitude, having perspective, realizing what you have, Jen, and what your clients have and what, what others don't. Yes. And then pursuit as you, best mom, best, uh, best daughter, best, uh, best wife, best, uh, 
best member of a community, best coach, things that the roles in your life and ultimately living your legacy. How, how do these principles through any one of those grab you, significance to legacy, that you're hearing in your coaching with many of the people that you're privileged to work with? Yeah, I mean, definitely legacy. To be honest, I don't work with businesses that only see the longevity of the business until they want to quit working. They want to build something bigger than themselves. They want their people to thrive on the team and to possibly even take over the business if possible. So that's absolutely part of it. Um, the other thing is, you're, listen, you know this better than me. Um, abundance, you have to go from abundance and you have to go from positivity. Now, don't get me wrong. There are days when my husband will tell you I am very negative, <laughs> but I know that in the moment I can call it out. I can be honest about it, right? The, the owners that I work with are going from abundance most of the time. And they're just, every once in a while, they just need to pick me up. We all do. Like, it's just understandable, right? Just give me a solution on this so I can move forward and get back to, to abundance. Um, the better businesses are taking breaks. And that's one thing I learned the hard way. Um, not taking, a, you can call it what you want, you know, breaks, sabbatical, go stare at a wall for three days. Um, that's, that, was a, that was a bad lesson. And now they're taking those breaks. They're taking the breaks. Wow. And that's really great because they're, I'll tell you, when they're gone, their staff feel great and empowered. And when they come back, boy, are they fun, at least for the first week. <laughs> but, I can imagine your husband saying, hey, Jen, honey, uh, why don't you go back to work tonight? <laughs> like you, just, looks like you've had one of those days. I don't think the kids yeah. and the dog are going to be uh, yeah. uh, giving you any love tonight because you're immersed in hundred other yeah. things that are going on. So we all, yeah. we all have those days and those right. nights and, and things are going on. But I, I agree with you, the concept of abundance, looking at your time, yeah. your talent, your treasure, the concept of intentional stewardship yes. of realizing there's other people's lives you can impact with your, with, with those cr critical issues are really, really important. That's so Jen, you've got to go to copyright, uh, TOS, the tiny <laughs> Thank you for solving everything for me. You're The awesome. tiny object syndrome. I'm going to show it to you right now. The tiny object syndrome. The humming at a higher level. Uh, this is all part of your great lexicon. This is this is who you just, are. It all came out of me, not made up. <laughs> just, I know it's, it's just it's just flowing. We got to put that on your website or whatever. Oh, and I wanted to say this to the end because how honored I am, privileged, and I've I didn't want to say this at the beginning. I might have turned off some listeners that I've got a, an original member of the Bills Mafia growing up in beautiful Buffalo. Yes. I'm an, I'm a, I'm a, a transplant, I guess, from the Rochester, New York area to beautiful Buffalo the last uh, 40 plus years now, but you grew up here, went to high school here. Yeah. Uh, college went to, went to a certain religious institution with a certain famous quarterback. Yeah. I was, I was kind of in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. Hey, listen, you got so much going on. You're changing people's businesses. You're changing their lives. You're helping people to find that, that glow within them. You're, you are doing some really, really cool things. So I really want to thank you for sharing your passion with us today. Uh, keep it up, keep smiling, keep changing lives. And you're really, uh, you're really a very special person. So thanks for joining me today. Right back at you. Thank you. Hey, thank you very much.